Educators Amplified, the podcast. Educators Amplified, Educators Amplified, where we amplify educators' voice, amplify students' experience, amplify well-being, amplify hope, amplify what's really going on in our public schools, amplify solutions to restore the education profession, amplify new possibilities. I'm Joanna. And I'm Hallie. We see you. We hear you. We are you. Welcome to another episode of Educators Amplified. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm really excited. So we're not even going to do an introduction today. We're going to get right into this episode because we had a nice long conversation with a teacher that we used to work with and then left from Wisconsin to Illinois and now works in CPS or Chicago Public Schools. But we're excited to connect again. So take a listen and enjoy. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but just kind of say your name, how long you've been teaching, anything you want us to know or the listeners to hear right off the bat about you. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Katerina. This is my 11th year teaching, which is still crazy to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have six years at the middle school level. This is my sixth, fifth year at the high school level. Um, And I teach chemistry. I'm a certified math teacher, certified science teacher. Um, and I, you know, part-time psychologist as we are, but I love my job and I love working with students every day. And I hope that conditions never drive me to leave for good. Right. Right. You know, you were saying that too, made me think you, do you remember growing up because we're the same age where it was all about like girls in math and like girls can do math too in science. I'm like, you totally fit the propaganda. I, (laughs) you embraced it. Not, it was out of spite. You guys, (laughs) it was because there was no way that a boy was going to be better than me. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. (laughs) I wanted to be an astronaut from when I was little, because I'm like, I'm tired of looking at all these boy astronauts. Where are the girl astronauts? Like I can go to space. And I was very fortunate that I had nurturing parents that were like, yeah, you do math and science and bought me freaking microscopes and telescopes and all that crazy stuff. But it honestly was mostly out of spite. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be the best. And that requires me to also kick ass in math and science. (laughs) No, I I mean, that was straight up like we received a lot of that messaging. Mm -hmm, I really did. I really, really did. (laughs) Okay, so what brought you to teaching in that astronaut? being an astronaut? So I, you know, I always was a curious child, uh, will be the kind way to say that about myself. Um, but always asking questions, always wanting to, and it was just like math and science just kind of clicked for me. And then kind of hilariously in third grade, I got glasses and I cried for three days because my fighter pilot career was over because you have to have 20, 20 vision. And this was before like LASIK was a thing. And that was going to be my path to being an astronaut was I was going to join the Navy, be a a Navy pilot. Mm. I've seen, you know, Top Gun too many times, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I actually had a, uh, I went to Marquette to be an engineer and, uh, cause I sat in a, 
you know, gotta love Jesuit education. You need to be well-rounded. So I was sitting in um, an education course because it fulfilled one of my requirements. And I literally had a moment where I said, shit, this is what I want to do. Crap. And then I think back to who I was as a student and I very hilariously, I've been a teacher my whole life. Like mm-hmm. I was the kid who never got their work done. Cause I was running around to the different tables, making sure that everybody understood. I'm a good, like I learn easily, which sometimes is actually a detriment to me as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that we always say we know too much. That's what I'll yeah. say. I'm like, Oh, I yeah. remember everything. And yeah, know too much. Exactly. And like when it, it something clicked for me, I don't quite understand how I need to break it down further to get you to get it the same way. Um, but yeah, I was always the kid who like always had so much homework because I never got my work done in class because I was helping everybody else. Like in high school, literally hosted chem review sessions of 15 people at my house. Like <laughs> that was kind of who I I'm not even exaggerating. No, it was, I it believe you. <laughs> um so and like I had really awesome relationships, particularly with my math and science teachers. Um, and like I still talked to two of them. So um, I just remember sitting there being like, crap, this is actually what I want to do. Um, and because had I known, I definitely would not have gone to a private four year university. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that was it. I switched. I switched my major and that was it. You're our second Educators Amplified guest who was persuaded to be an educator by an elective course that they had to take in college. Colleges, take note. Yeah, we had a guest Mm -hmm. on a couple months ago, Allie, and she said the same thing. She Mm -hmm. was like in school to be like a journalist and she needed a course and there was like this Foundations of Education 101 something and she actually described this very similar experience mm-hmm. where she's like, I was in the course and like three weeks into it, I was changing my major. Yeah. And so <laughs> colleges take note. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't want to get rid of your education departments or at least keep intro 101, 101 <laughs> yeah. out there to, to draw people in. So tell me a little bit about this. You left Wisconsin Mm -hmm. because you could not afford to live independently anymore. That's what I remember was that you were like, I need wheels and I cannot afford to like get the car that I need and pay rent. So I got to go. So you left. And then what happened in financially? What's that like now or are you are you financially independent yet? Yeah, I'm making more money without my master's than I would ever have seen. I am surpassed the top of the pay scale without my master's. Oh. Correct. That's so, what when I, I grew up in Kenosha and I started teaching in Kenosha and that's right on the border. Yeah. Yeah. And that so, used to be like teachers would be like, go across the border. You can right, make more money. Thing. Yeah. Literally. And because I was at, this is another thought that I had in my head, because I was like, maybe we'll talk about why I left. And honestly, the final straw for me was just having crossed $45,000 after six years as a professional. And they had a new hire with three years experience, no additional credits. I was in my sixth year, half my master's done on every team ever possible. 
and they hired that person at $58,000. That was my final straw. That for me was, you don't value who you have. You're just going to throw money around at people walking in the door. So right. We were at the same district. So I'm at 12 years. So we were right in the same little same space. Pod. Yeah. 12 years. Okay. This is why you left the district. I'm making with a master's degree. I'm making $53,000. Right. <laughs> and they just hired someone this year for $12,000 more than no. me. No, no, no. And I'll never forget admin being like, quit and reapply. They'll have to throw money at you. And we being like, that's not how this works. Um, yeah, so definitely, definitely experiencing. It's, it's crazy how quickly um, the stress of not having to live paycheck to paycheck uh, affects your quality of life. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, it was six years of trying to live a life as a professional. Um, and yeah, paycheck to paycheck was not it for six years. And very, very quickly, almost immediately moving here um, and seeing that, because it's not even just the pay, like we contribute something that I, I know you and I actually, Joanna, have talked about when we were both um, reps is something that I think small, smaller districts kind of take for granted, especially if the, if the district skews older is taking those pay cuts for um, insurance. Like I contribute so much less to my insurance and my insurance is like a million times better. There are those like other parts of it too, where like on paper, how much I'm actually taking home and in my pocket is, is much more substantial Cause I remember like the looking at my pay stubs and being like, why am I walking home with so little money? Like why is so little going in my bank account? And it was like something like $300 every check for health insurance, which was crazy. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. a third of my pay going to health insurance. And I think those are the things too, that people don't realize like that are the intangibles of, or they're actually incredibly Tangible, well, they but. do a good job of being like, look at this pay raise that you're getting. And yes. then it's they don't they don't they don't say like, but your insurance premiums have gone up. You know, like we increased your pay by two percent, but your increase, you know, your insurance went up by four exactly. percent. I'm just throwing out numbers, but whatever, totally. whatever it is. Yes, exactly. It's the it's the smoke and mirrors. of Yes. Um, and it was also crazy going from a place that, you know, even though you guys are one of the still, I'm assuming, stronger unions in the state, going to a union that is incredibly powerful mm-hmm. um, and incredibly unified. Um, you know, my second year we went on strike. Yeah. My second year here. Um, but even just like the extra things like, oh, I'm on a leadership team that meets outside hours. I get paid for those outside hours. You know, doing a club. Oh, I get paid for that club. Like my time is much more valued um, and compensated than it ever was before, which is pretty cool. And just like understanding like that having firmer boundaries also is really nice. Like, oh, you don't have to do that because per the contract, you know, you don't um, 
you're not allowed to have more than three meetings taken up by meetings per the contract. I remember there were, and we, especially at the elementary level, that was one of our biggest gripes. He was like, people need preps. You can't keep continue to take people's preps from them. Um, and having that, that backing and knowing like, no, this is our agreed upon arrangement. You can have three of my periods a week. If you take more mm-hmm. than that, you know, it's, it's action. Well, yeah, you guys have collective bargaining. Yep. You know, so you have, you're in a state where you have collective bargaining. And so you actually have a contract that has to be observed and enforced. And that is a huge difference than when you were in Wisconsin. And that is why, you know, the examples you just gave of the additional meetings about people being hired in and you not being able to even see how you could get ahead. Um, We didn't have real, you know, we don't have, and in many places, very clear and open communication and understanding about health. And, you know, we can't bargain over health insurance. It's decided and it's, it's told to you. And that actually has come up lately that people coming in are upset that they're like, oh, well, the salary sounded good, but nobody told me about the health insurance. And they're like, it doesn't make up for what, like, I thought I was coming here for this increase, but now it's all eaten up. Right. That's happening right now. Um, And so, yeah, I was highly interested in that. What other professional where you need a four year, at least a four year higher level education after six years you're making $45,000. When I tell people that story, that's when they go, oh, I'm like, yeah, we're not talking out of our asses when we're talking about the fact that we are not appropriately compensated for our work and our level of education and our professionalism. Like we're not griping and beating a drum that doesn't deserve to be beat. Like it's crazy. Well, and so that's why even now when I'll hear policy, you know, when I'll read or hear policy recommendations that talk about teacher pay, you know, cause they'll be like, what do we need to do? We need to pay teachers more. And even, even Bernie is like, right. You got to pay teachers at least 60,000. And I'm like, okay, but that really only ever addresses starting salary. Mm-hmm. Whenever these starting salaries were increased, they did not proportionally move up the line. Mm-mm. And so educators, amplified listeners, that's something I'd like when we're talking about teacher pay and increases, we're talking about across the board. I'm not just talking about starting salary. And In fact, again, I think that focus and when they talk about that is more on attraction. Oh, yeah. Which they ain't coming rather than retention. And retention is going to be you're going to have to proportionally increase and make whole what I say, make whole folks who are in situations like yours where it's like, well, they never moved you, but then they hired 10 people in. with way less experience above you. You want me to stay? You got to make me whole. It's the audacity. And and it's like the failure to recognize, like I I was so grateful, Joanna, that you, you, that I was working with you at a time where like the exodus truly began because it's not a shortage. And we keep on, we keep saying this. It Mm -hmm. is an exodus. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
I know at least six names off the top of my head of yep. people who have straight up left the profession because it's just too much. Yep. And the quote unquote benefits no longer outweigh the day to day insanity. Yeah. The Cadillac yeah. has broken down, you know, because everyone yeah. be like the Cadillac insurance. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Like, <laughs> my Cadillac has know, only two wheels. Like, <laughs> right. We're, we're on two donuts and the, one of the donuts popped. But <laughs> it's just, it, that's that's crazy. That is crazy to me. <laughs> and then I think back, I think back, sometimes I even go, because my plan was never to teach in Wisconsin. I Because I knew, I was like, I'm going to go back to Illinois. I'm going to, you know, be able to, I'm going to live at home for a minute. I'm going to save up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But then, you know, I got the golden goose of, oh, I got, I'm getting a job where I student taught and I already have all these amazing relationships. Like I'd be crazy to say no. Mm -hmm. And then I think back to the, to the wealth that I denied myself because of six years of getting paid pennies. Mm. And like that, that fills me with so much rage of like, you know, I see all my friends buying houses and doing all these things and I'm still recouping. I'm mm -hmm. still like trying to build that stability, that financial stability that for the first six years of my professional career, I was incapable of doing. I was shit. I was still borrowing money from my parents my sixth year in because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I just couldn't. There was no there was no way to budget <laughs> budget out of that. Yeah. Right. budget cut season is that why sky is falling for you guys too no new admin oh. this year oh that has never been admin before oh. oh okay we're saying sky is falling because we have another 1.6 million in budget cuts Jeez. right so again we're looking at you know, people who are retiring or resigning, not filling their positions and then being told that that you guys will still be OK. That's really not a lot of work for you. So math is math, but <laughs> that's just the, the are you, gymnastics that they I mean, I'm not surprised. I am not okay. even in any right. way, shape or form surprised. But the mental gymnastics yep. that these people do truly does not ever cease to amaze me it doesn't ever cease to amaze me wow yeah. so does that sound the same or different it's a little bit different because like i you know went from six schools to a district that has a million mm -hmm. um so it was a big definitely culture shock in terms of like adjusting to how things are done and like you know adjusting to the inequity because I'm at a very small neighborhood school. I okay. am the chemistry teacher. There is no other teacher that teaches chemistry besides me. Um, and in some ways, a lot of ways, that's really awesome. And in a lot of ways, it's really not. Um, so just trying to adjust because yeah, we are, are cause it's not district-wide enrollment that determines the budget. It's the building, right? It's whether or not you have, okay a lot of kids so we only have it's only 650 ish kids mm -hmm. but which is actually a nice size for a high school it's great in Honestly, terms of having so a community many, yeah mm -hmm. there are so many amazing things about it being a small school 
Yeah. But then the other part of it is that we're we're seeing a lot of drops in enrollments because we don't have because of numbers we don't have the staff to do an AP chem. We don't have the staff like because I teach five sections of chemistry. I don't right. have the space to do an, another elective class. Mm-hmm. So um, that part is really crappy, and because you know I am my own department, department, department. my mm-hmm. own content, not having a thought partner, um, a lot of times is really, really complicated. Um, there are a lot of things that I definitely, I will never regret making the move, but there are a lot of things that I'm like, damn, I had it so good. Um, mm. my teaching partner was amazing. My schedule was pretty great. Um, you know, I felt comfortable being able to go to my admin with literally anything. So there are a lot of things. I mean, the, the, the school and my team was so willing to like whatever crazy idea I had. They're like, sure, Kat, you can create an entire assembly for absolutely no reason and make incentives tied to it and blah, blah, blah. Just tell us what you need us to do. And now it's very much like, sure, Kat, you can do that. We'll show up the day of versus Mm. like, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's a different kind of, it's a much different beast for sure. Well, that's interesting. This school next year. You're told that you are or you're not? I don't know that I'm going to. Oh, you and you'll get to choose that. Yes. Yes. yes, So when we were both like, okay, sky is falling and we were like, oh, here's our budget woes. You said your issues are new admin. Yeah. Yes. So um, our principal last year had been the principal of my school for uh, eight ish years, six to eight years. And um, he got plucked for some district level nonsense, bureaucracy, blagna. So we now have a principal who has never worked in admin at the high school level. He's been an AP at the elementary level for forever. Mm. And yeah, it's a different, it's a different <laughs> monster. <laughs> Completely different. I mean, high school teachers themselves are a completely different monster. Like we always make the joke we are who we teach, but it's super true. Mm -hmm. Like we are much more stubborn. We are much more particular. We like, you know, for better or for worse, we are a very different group of people in terms of even just the teachers. But then, yeah, you throw in the complete the human sack of hormones that are teenagers. And it's a, an entire different thing of from that perspective right. as well. And then we were like, oh, it'll be okay. He'll hire an AP that has experience. We didn't have an AP until November maybe. And he is also brand new admin, has never even been an AP. This is his first admin job. Um, our Dean, our Dean of Students, mm-hmm. Dean of Culture and Climate. First time she's been a Dean. So it's just like, Okay, you've got no veteran status and leadership. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And not that that's a problem, but they're very much the kind of leaders who, instead of being like, I have no idea what I'm doing and leaning on leaders who have been in the building and like, mm. this is my sixth year, been in the building and... Yeah, they're not tapping on the real leaders. They're not, not saying, what do we need to know? How can we help? And you guys have been down here. on like... I am the leader. You are my follower, like oh. doubling down on that big time. And I have always been super fortunate that I've had really great relationships with my admin, the admin before, like 
I could go with literally anything um, from personal to professional problems for advice or whatever. I great relationships. And I have become, and you both know me well, so you know that that's weird. I've become the person who just stays in my room and shuts the door because I don't feel safe talking to my admin about anything. Oh, whoa. I don't feel, I don't feel safe asking for things. I don't feel safe um, having concerns. I don't even feel safe going to them about students. Like, I just don't. Mm. Yeah, I know what that's like. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, and again, like, when I tell people who know me really well and have seen me in my work, they're mm -hmm. like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I feel like stuff gets used against me at a later date. So there's no point on me opening my mouth. Like, I'm going to take care of the 30 kids that are in my room at a time. And yeah. I'm going to do right by them when I have them. But as far as, like, structural change within the building, I'm not being listened to. So it's it's not worth my stress levels. Like it's really hard for me to get out of bed and go to work every day knowing that I'm not valued. And I've never oh. felt that way at work before. Um, yeah. yeah. So well, it, and that, that's kind of across the profession right now. Oh yeah. So, you know, interesting because you're speaking very clearly about the number two reason people leave that, you know, I think we had an episode, the thing that no one talks about way before. Episode number way. four. Because it was that, <laughs> where it's like, okay, they always say money's the first thing, but the second yeah. thing is leadership. And we have we could have control over that. You know what I mean? Or like wow. as a system or influence, but it's really never given the attention mm -hmm. that it that it should. And especially now with, who was I talking to the other day where I was like, Oh, Hallie, I think, oh, when we were working with that school district, mm -hmm. when we were on that call last week, so someone was seeking advice from us about Alt-Ed mm -hmm. and they asked us like, oh, you know, does your leadership tap you for expertise? And we were like, no. And then we were also like, though, but part of it too is there's been this cycle of people. You know what I mean? And so one as as work has become more challenging, we really don't have as much time to go make relationships with admin or explain mm -hmm. what we're doing because mm -hmm. we literally any time we have is with our students. Like mm -hmm. I I don't have time for politicking anymore. Nope. I literally don't. And then two second year into a new person, you start to, and then they leave. Yeah. So right. you guys have had a revolving door. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but right. But that's a thing then for yeah. us as a profession overall being like, right. how much can I invest? Because, or, I, you know, again, it's, it's weird because even if, you know, sometimes I think about getting letters of recommendation Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, my actual supervisor doesn't know me. Right. Yep. As well as like somebody who's not, you know, like you, you know what I mean? Like you think about yeah. your friends in the profession. I'm like, I have friends who like know who I am and could probably really write about my attributes. But right. I guess it's you're supposed to have it from like your you get what I'm yeah. saying. I and that's kind of where I've been. Because the part of the other thing is, because you guys will laugh at this, my second year at this school, I became department chair, right? Like <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, sure. Okay. But really good working relationship with admin. Like I said, we met every single week. I knew exactly like what buckets of work I needed to focus the team on, blah, 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 blah. 
we went from having a department meeting every week to I see my department every five weeks. And I'm still Mm -hmm. expected to create the same sort of culture of learning and the same product. And like, I think people think that because schools, a lot of times the teachers, if the teachers stay the same, the school won't change. And I, I think you don't really realize how untrue that is when you see it firsthand. Like the entire dynamic of the building has shifted drastically. Mm. The kids sense it. The kids know that the that the that the teachers aren't really all right. They sense that there's not really a direction that things are going in. Like we don't even have a vision. Like we as a leadership team keep asking, like, what buckets of work do you want us to like? What are our rocks? What at the end of the day do you want this team to to focus on? And we don't. We still. It's it's March. I still have no idea. I've been doing my well, own thing because you know I'm confident in who I am and what my team needs, but. In terms of the school vision? Yeah. Well, we had a conversation with a colleague about that today as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Like someone was yeah. seeking, um, and really a person who who really never has never come by came by mm-hmm. and was seeking some advice because they're looking at like discipline policies. And in our sharing with her, we were like, well, here's the issue. We don't have a, a, a shared philosophical foundation. There are people who believe that di- there's, di- you know, like even that's called a discipline meeting. They're going on behavior as a choice. Our philosophy is stress drives behavior. And so because we have a clear philosophical foundation about what we believe about children and ourselves and how we're really going to learn and how we're going to facilitate that, everything's aligned to that. But I see in the perfect, you know, at the and it's easier to do when it's Hallie and I. Um, but right for a larger school, for the system at large, that's what I, you know, I hear you saying it's the same thing. Like we're lacking a philosophical, a shared philosophical foundation. Well, because schools have decided, especially since post pandemic or whatever we're calling this, to just hunker down on academics you know like it's just been like we gotta get back to school there's learning loss hit the books that's the priority I so I teach sophomores and thank God I have six years in middle school Mm. because they're they're middle schoolers schoolers right now. (laughs) They are they are stuck in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And it is kind of terrifying, like the Mm lack the lack of executive functioning, the lack of like being able to follow systems and procedures. And yeah, so many of my colleagues are very much just like, well, I teach sophomores. I'm like, okay, but where are they at behaviorally? Mm-hmm. Where are they at in terms of their executive functioning skills? Like, sure, in the past, you used to like have them just write everything down in a notebook, but these kids need guided notes and that's okay. And mm-hmm. like the, un- not even necessarily unwillingness, because I don't think it's that, but like, it's almost like it's our defense mechanism of, I need things to go back to the way they were before, even if it's to the detriment of the students in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is, it's all different. 
And Hallie and I were discussing that yesterday. So today, then yesterday, I was talking that exact thing. I'm like, you know, we're project-based and inquiry-based. And I'm like, I can see for a set of our students, they need like actual units. And, you know, they just need something more structured. And then Hallie pointed out, it is the younger kid, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's our, it's our 10th graders, actually, you know, it's our younger kids. And I'm, and so, right, I can see that, that right now that's going to require a whole bunch of different stuff from me yep. that I get, like, as teachers, we can be like, do I have that in me right now to create this whole new set of stuff? Even, <laughs> even just stupid stuff like eyes on me, miles on zero. I never said that previously at the high school level. But now it's like every other phrase out of my mouth because they're just, that's just that's who they are. That's yeah. who they are as beings. And, you know, and to your point about like even just um, behavior and whatever. I mean, you know, the buzzword is restorative justice and restorative practices now, which we've all been talking about for eons. But now mm-hmm. just, you know, people can monetize it. Um, and, but it's also it's teachers and admin do not have the same view of what that looks like Uh and it shouldn't look the same for teachers and admin because i'm the one who's with the kid every day not you Uh my relationship is far more important than your relationship and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of times admin are so unwilling to be the bad guy either with teachers Uh with students with any adults in the building like they don't want to be the one that holds people accountable Well, and I think that is also, though, too, part of the old schema where it is about even like checking or accountability instead of what we've discovered is what our system is really lacking is true supports and true like helping people, the students and the staff. You know, because that's what you're saying, too, is like we see the kids, they're a mess. We know ourselves. We're kind of a mess. Yep. And, you know, because I say fully, I I am fully aware of what stress is. I'm fully aware of what dysregulation is. And I am fully aware that I, you know, we've all been impacted and I'm I'm a mess, too. Oh, and yeah. but we don't have, you know, the 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 institution, the way we function doesn't have that part, you know, where it is like, okay, so here is how I would really support somebody. Here's how we're going to make these changes. So that is that it is supportive of your best self. I know, see, it always sounds so vague, but I see you nodding. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Because it's not because, and don't mistake me as accountability for the gotcha piece, but I know, I know I view like I truly view observations. It's supposed to be coaching. It's supposed to be developing you as a, a professional educator. Um, you know, like I accountability to me is not turning in unit plans because you're just making me copy and paste crap into boxes that you deem mm-hmm. appropriate. That's not the kind of accountability that I'm looking for. Yeah, you're saying addressing a real problem, Correct. helping right. somebody through, providing well, them the real support they would need to be able to improve exactly. because right. You'd have to dedicate your own time and some resources to that. Right. Well, I think it's hard because, you know, when we say support, they hear it as 
oh, you need support with your lesson. You need support right. with your <clears throat> content. Where we're saying more like, no, more as like a professional, more as like a human. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, I don't know. I just, I can always just tell, like, I'll say a word it, and I'm like, okay. That's not what I, that means. Yes. Brain. Like, I define it this way or, and I don't believe I'm alone. Like, I talk to mm-hmm. teachers and it's very easy to talk to another teacher where it's just like, oh, we, we're speaking the same language. And then I go speak to an administrator and I'm like, I, I don't know where the loss in translation came, but we're Oh my God. Because they're so detached. Yeah. I fully believe that some the, the structure of admin needs to be that they somehow still have a class so yeah. that they are in touch with reality. <laughs> because I also firmly believe that anybody yeah. that gets into education saying, I want to be an admin is not who is best for kids. Because most people that I've come into contact with that are amazing administrators would jump back into the classroom at any moment mm-hmm. who like, who truly believe in the work and use the lingo and meet teachers where they're at. Like those are the people. Mm-hmm. right? Well, like, especially now, because I don't know what the proportion is. Like, I don't know what the statistic is. However, my anecdotal observation is the majority of admin that I'm aware of and that I hear about are people who did not teach through COVID right. or after COVID. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is a huge thing. And again, I know it gets, and that's what I hear gets in people's head of like, I don't even believe you do really understand my experience. Like when people are like, well, I was a teacher too. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. but did you do, did you you do this? Nonsense we did. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I, I just, you, you're, you're talking about it. Things really are so different. So different. It's it's and it's it's really difficult to describe too. like it's really difficult to speak eloquently about what's different. It's just because I think it's overwhelming how different it is. Right. And sometimes it's so frustrating that I'm like, how come I have to explain explain this all to you? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, even as simple as like, oh, hey, here's some independent work. I'm going to go answer five or six emails. I feel like I can't even do that anymore no. because mm-hmm. independent work no longer exists. Mm-hmm. That like self regulation no longer exists. Mm-hmm. I turn my back for three seconds, 20 phones are out, mm-hmm. which was not the issue before like phones were a problem, but not like they are now. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there are so many things that, those little moments that used to make our days so much less challenging, those built in breaks and like just even just being able to trust our students in mm-hmm. in that way of independence that are just gone. Thank you for pointing that out, because that is that is how I can describe it, too. I'll say we're always on like, right. There's oh. no moment of downtime, like you said, we're used to be able to be like, hey, you guys do that for 10 minutes. I am going to do this. We'll check back in. Um Yes, there's no downtime. I mean, you and then you walk in any bathroom and there's a situation to deal right. with in there. And You're then you walk, walk the down the hall. Yeah. And so that really is it. Like within our like what our body's absorbing and is just that there's no down. There is no longer any downtime. Not that there was like time to yeah. be putting your feet up, but yeah. that is so different. Like you said, like 
Not a moment. Not a moment. Literally not a moment. And yeah, I think that emotional toll is not is not something that people realize. Mm-hmm. And I think students too are, I don't know if this is a, is a problem for you guys, but we are seeing post COVID um, because of the deregulation, because of the feeling of like being failures, a lot of more self-medicating oh, than yeah. before. Oh yeah. We're having, we've been having issues at the high school where we have like medical emergencies on the regular. I had a student who was so intoxicated that she violently vomited and passed out. Mm. Yeah. Right. This right. And so we see that then as an unaddressed need. Yeah. Being right. Like, like, right. Like that's not <laughs> a choice. Like something drove yeah. that choice to be made. Right. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm going to be a bad kid and get drunk in school. Meh. Like that's not a thing right. that I think yeah. a lot of admin what you were saying before that behavior is a choice no like the first thing you learn in education psych 101 is when a kid flips a table you don't yell at them for flipping the table you ask them hey why did you feel the need to (laughs) flip that table (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we say kids are communicating their suffering the amount of the amount of ambulance outside of our school building this year is insane. Whether for situations like you're saying, cat of like right, like students, actual substance things, or or like literal like health conditions, like seizures and diabetic episodes, things yes. that are again connected to inflammation, stress, stress in yeah. the body. Yeah, and so that's what's. That is what's disheartening then when it's like, let's set up a committee for children's behavior. You know what I mean? Or we need more strict behavior policies, you know, where you're like, oh, what policy are you going to write? That's like when the child violently throws up from over consuming alcohol. Right. First, we'll call their parent. You know what I mean? Like, it needs to. There's no protocol for that. Right. And then, and then the whole, like, the emotional toll, you know, for the, the, for the adult that was in the room, for the other children who experienced it. I, I, the response to that incident is also like, it was one of like the first, like, real, like, uh, spades of dirt in the grave that is my time at this place. Like, the response to that was insane to me i was like Mm. we need a restorative circle like students need somebody to process this with i'm not necessarily saying that the students that you know were were the um perpetrators of the incident for lack of a better phrasing if they don't want to be a part of that circle that's one thing but like that is a traumatic experience to see Mm -hmm. a fellow student and somebody that you're with all day long because we are kind of semi-cohorted have that happen to them Mm -hmm. like that is incredibly traumatic and i was like oh you know we'll get around to it and i'm like no this is like a just-in-time intervention situation like Mm -hmm. this is something that needs to be addressed now and i'm like and i'm like also like and i need to have a circle with those students because Mm -hmm. that relationship has been harmed and that Mm -hmm. relationship needs to be repaired Mm -hmm. and i think that's the piece too that like 
you know, again, we we are being left to be the nurturers, the psychologists, the disciplinarians, the bad guys, the good guys, the all of the things. Mm-hmm. And we've always had to set wear 80 million hats in education, but it's it feels a lot heavier. The load mm-hmm. is a lot larger. Whereas before, you know, it was five high flyers and five major concerns, it's 30. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I think that's the other part that people outside of the profession are not realizing that, you know, it used to be five kids that I was really, really, really concerned about. And now it's 30 to 50 kids mm-hmm. that I'm really, really worried about. It's the majority. You know what I mean? I now have just a handful that I'm like, oh, they're fine. They're going to be good. They're fine. Right. That's the major. That's the minority. now. that's just the few kids that you're like not that worried about the majority there there's something that is concerning this is okay so full circle a really good example of when i'll say things like safety this is what i'm defining as safety concerns because it's the psychological safety is not good right now or you know like a situation like that like you know, where you're like a restorative circle and like, right, the safety has been lost where people like are feeling internally like, is this going to happen again? Is there any resolve to it? Like it's that psychological safety that's missing in schools. Well, and then kids not feeling like you didn't address it. Like Correct. this weird, scary thing happened and and nobody addressed it. So we just keep going, apparently. We pretend like it didn't happen. We, right. Yeah. You Sorry. know, you know, no, it was good. Thank you. And so that's where I'll just get like, like, I th- I feel like that's a v- the most probably like pressing issue is the psychological well, safety. But right, no, that we're in this experience. Yeah. But we have no way of we're not talking about the no. experience. We're still talking about it getting as, things back the way they were. Yep. Instead of like and we dealing talk with about, the present. Yep. And we talk about them in ways of like well, discipline, or we talk about them, you know, in the same ways that we've always talked about things, but we're like, we have a wildly different landscape. Like the way we've operated doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. I like to that point, that's just making me think. So we have grave level meetings twice a week and I have never, ever dreaded a meeting. Like I do my grade level meetings because Mm -hmm. And I know, and it, and it's one of those things where I try to have grace for my coworkers and I know it's just how they are dealing with the trauma of mm-hmm. what teaching is now. Because teaching is traumatic mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the gross way that people have reverted to talking about students, like, mm-hmm. you know, a student who is having a lot of struggles in, and she happens to be a female student is referred to as, oh, whatever. She's just going to get, you know, involved in all the girl drama because that's just what she likes. She just loves being involved in the drama. Mm-hmm. And like just these really gross, gross ways of talking about these wonderful human beings that we have in our care. Mm-hmm. And I, I've i stormed out of grade level meetings more than once because I cannot handle how people talk about children. And again, it's one of those things where I try to have grace for my team members because I know mm-hmm. that it's, no, we're response. just not we're just not at our best self either. I not. just I can really relate to what you're saying because yep. that's the same thing where 
you're like, ah, and yet you're like, okay. And nobody here is doing well. Nobody's okay. (laughs) Nobody's okay. Yeah. And then how our society doubles down on really healthy ways to quote unquote de-stress. You know, like the amount of teachers I talk to who are like, I'm self-medicating to get myself to sleep where it's like, I have to have a glass of wine or my whiskey on the rocks, you know, like, like I just hear more and more teachers where it's like, I just got to go out and think about nothing. Like I don't hear many people being able to even like cope with this overwhelming amount of stress. Yeah. Well, it makes me think about, I keep saying like, I can feel for myself. It's just not healthy. I mean, and just that, like, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I don't know what I expect anybody else to do, but I can say that I can just feel like it's not healthy for me where I'm at. And so I will tell that to Hallie sometimes where I'm like, I feel like I just need a year to heal. I wish like I could take a leave and of course it would need to be paid because I got to whatever, <laughs> but it's kind of like, you want to save the teachers. Yes. You're give us some leave and then I will come back and I can teach my ass off for another 20 years. I don't know. I'm a good teacher. Mm-hmm. I love being with kids. It's love natural to me. I do a good job, but last summer was not enough. You know what I mean? Like I didn't feel it. And I I just can say that, like, I feel like I need time to heal and get healthy and like get back to it. And I think that's it that we've just been going and going and going and going. And like, not only even what we're talking about right now is like, we've been going, you know, like actually doing the work with the kids. But listen to all we're processing. You know what I mean? Like there's never time to just stop and process this and address it and have it. It's just like it just continues on. And so, yeah, listeners can think I'm insane, but I really am like it, the teachers we want to hang on to. We've got to give we I, I, I'm just saying speaking for myself. I need some kind of time to heal. I have never, ever thought that I would leave the profession And this year, more than once, I'm questioning, am I still what's best for kids? Am Mm -hmm. I still doing enough? Which Mm -hmm. is crazy because I'm doing way more than Mm -hmm. most people. (laughs) And and not to knock our coworkers, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, But like, because I I, I don't feel like I can show up as my full self that I've been Mm -hmm. able to show up as in the past because of you know, just all of the things, all of the things. There's not been a normal circumstance since 2020. We have not had normal, quote unquote, learning environments since 2020. And so you only have a certain amount of bandwidth. That's what Hallie and I will notice about others too. We're like a threshold. We're like, and that's that that is what you're expressing is that the threshold has now come for for you. Sounds like me and you are in the same place, sister. You know what I mean? Where the, the threshold has come for you. The threshold has come for me. And and I mean, so right, is it really that we're gonna watch these naturally talented and devoted people really make that choice? Because that's like I said, when I talked about like I don't know that it's healthy. 
that is what I mean. Like, I can't choose. I'm going to be 50. I can't choose to be unhealthy. Like, I got to be healthy. <laughs> you know, like from here Especially on out. Especially like, if you're going to be a sexy senior citizen. Exactly. Hello. Exactly. So. Oh, shut up at you being almost 50. Shut up. For real. Yeah. Oh, where does time even go? <laughs> In my brain, I'm still this like 24 year old ingenue. Like just fresh out of Marquette. <laughs> and so that is where I'm like, I know what stress does to the body. Right. And I am becoming concerned about the level of stress that I've had for this many of years. So it's weird because in this conversation, we've talked about like so much is the same in terms of what we're observing in, in the students and in ourselves as professionals and in our, as, as, and our colleagues. But then what is different is you're seeing working conditions, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm really not worried about paycheck to paycheck. So that number one, that number one reason people leave, you're like, I'm not worried working paycheck to paycheck. There's very clear work boundaries or I'm valued as a professional for the additional things that I do. Yep. I can't imagine having all of this along with the additional stress of, am I going to be able to pay rent this month? We always like to ask our guests just that. I mean, and you can keep it brief in terms yeah. of, you know, educators amplified. We say we see you, we hear you, we are you. So for yourself, what are you seeing out there? I'm seeing a lot of people who are trying their best um, and trying to come to terms with the fact that their best is not what it used to be um, and that their best doesn't feel like enough anymore, um, given the needs of students. Perfect. And then hear you. What are you hearing? Even either from your colleagues in your own head, out in the world. What are you hearing? About education. Um, whew, I am hearing a lot of people who are unheard. I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but I think people are hearing it the wrong things and kind of listening to the wrong people. It's a lot of selective listening. I think people need support, but need, are asking for support, but have different definitions of what support looks like. People are just tired and frustrated. I don't know how more, more eloquently yeah. say that. It's no. just, you don't need to. That's, that's what you're hearing. You're hearing yeah. exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> Big and then um, we are you, what are you feeling in it with people? Or what are you feeling like a part of definitely like finding your people is really important whatever that looks like like because we we know that venting especially in education can sometimes be um counterproductive because you kind of get stuck in this cycle but having those people that you can go to after a crazy meeting and be like listen to this shit that just went down like you will not believe what just happened and what these you know find your people and you'd be surprised at how many people see things the way that you see them and see problems 
that you also see. Cause for the first two months I felt so isolated. Um, and it was like, okay, it's just me. Everybody's so excited. And then, you know, dipping my toes in the water and realizing that a lot more people in your building feel the way that you feel. That's why I always believe in teachers. How many times do I tell you that to Hallie? Mm -hmm. I do because I am like, right. Like, or even like in our union work, you'll be like, oh my God, I think we got to organize this. I'll be like, I don't even think we have to organize it. It's just what people are saying. Mm -hmm. It's how they feel. It's how they're reacting. And so I love that, you know, or where you're like your people. And then how you said you're surprised at how, because educators, I do think we are really there, you know, in unity, you mm-hmm. know, like the reason we, again, nobody's coming to get rich. Nobody's coming to be treated well, mm-hmm. you know, Apparently. like you're really there for this deeper purpose. And yeah. something I think that can be misinterpreted and and who knows, maybe on this show sometimes, like Hallie and I are never coming from a position of like, here's what we do. You guys should do this too. Oh, yeah, no. Exactly. You know, I fully believe in teacher autonomy mm-hmm. and that that people who are here in the profession, you know, can do their own thing it, because it's like it's that thing that makes everything it's cool. Authenticity. Yeah. They smell inauthentic, inauthent- whatever the word is, inauthenticness. Like kids see through that. Oh, and yeah. you, it's like I am who I am all the time. Miss K is not different from Ms. Katerina. They are the same person. Mm -hmm. Lively, bubbly, empathetic, nerds, like all the time. And I think like, yeah, people need to be able to show up as themselves and figure out how to do that while also serving kids. And most teachers Mm -hmm. that I've met in my career are more than capable of doing that. And I think the assumption is that they are not. Mm-hmm. or that more and more as teachers lose more and more of the autonomy it's hard to be yourself everywhere when who you truly want to be and offer you you're told you can't offer that yeah or you've been standard very lucky that i've never had a curriculum thrown at me and been like do this right you know, teach this way i've been very very lucky in my career mm-hmm. how sad that that has to be lucky I know. Right. That used to be just teaching. (laughs) I just, here's my, here's my thing. If you have a teacher in your life, buy them a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. Like, I know like the world isn't okay, but we really are not. (laughs) I know. You know, Venmo your teacher friends like $7. Okay. Well, and or just listen. Yeah. I told, you know, Hallie and I, whatever, we're talking the other day about how sometimes I wish people would just listen, but I feel like the whole people, I don't know, they'll be like, oh, I know teaching's hard, but this too, or my job as well. And I, I do really feel like people have a hard time to just listening to us. Yeah. That's real. That's super real. The other thing that people need to realize is that if you are not in the profession, your voice matters more. And I think that's the other thing that people don't realize is that unfortunately, admin, districts, whatever, they don't care about what we have to say. We are not, unfortunately, um, their clients, so to speak. 
Um, so parents, families, students, like you are the ones that are actually going to advocate the most successfully. Um, so get involved in your local school councils, get involved in your school boards, get involved however you possibly can, because without you, we are screaming into the void. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> that really is so true, Kat. I am so happy we get to amplify your voice. I'm just like so grateful to you guys doing this because this, you know, started what? Like as our kind of rate that radio show, right? Like you guys were on the radio and I had not felt empowered as an educator until that moment, the live radio show that we had at um, some bar restaurant. I can't even remember. Cactus Club, Red Dot. That was the first time that as an educator outside of my classroom, I felt that power of the collective. That was the first time that I felt like, oh, look at this. Like, look at all these people who see, think, and feel the same things that I do and, you know, are going to be damned if we're going to be pushed out of this job that we believe in and that we love and that we want to do above all else. So I don't know, like, I'm just so grateful to you guys for providing this space for people because especially, um, in places where maybe, you know, unions aren't as strong, building communities aren't as strong, and that sense of collectiveness is not as as palpable. Um, I'm just so grateful to you guys creating this space and really putting stories out there because what people don't know, people can't change. Ooh, there you go. (laughs) I love it. No, thank you. That was really good. Yes, that was so good. And bringing us back to our roots at the end there. Love it. Thank you, Kat, for coming on Educators Amplified. We really appreciate you. We see you and we hear you, girl. (laughs) Go take care of yourself, okay? Have a good one. Bye, girl. Goodbye. It was great. Yeah, it really was. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Survive. Ah, there you have it. Give Kat some love, y'all. Go like and comment on the post for her episode on Facebook and Instagram at Educators Amplified. And feel free to reach out to us at any time via email at educatorsamplified at gmail.com. And I also want to say this was our first episode bringing on someone outside of Wisconsin. So a reminder that the National Education Association is out here to support educators nationally. Check out NEA.org for more information. And another reminder, if you are in Wisconsin, go to weac.org backslash join now and join your union. It's a space where people truly have educators back. All right, that's it for now. Bye-bye. Educators Amplified, the podcast, is recorded at Silver City Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Theme music composed by Josh Evert with original music by DJ Drip Sweat. Thank you to our sponsor, the National Education Association. 